loves beasts and banshees, it's time to get our horror on. Welcome to your weekly dose of horror news and fun. This is episode 12 of Terrorvision Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Dan McGuinness, and joining me as always is my co-host, Jennifer, the Dream Warrior, Strand. Uh, (laughs) Together we are two people with a love of horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster memberships. You can catch us weekly on all major podcasting services and YouTube. Jennifer, how has your week been? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I can't remember. Uh, I hadn't. I, I let's just say I went to the gym. That's what I intended to do. I went to the gym. I did a lot of workouts. I lost a bunch of weight. The reality is, is I surfed the couch and ate a bunch of snacks. Wait, so you didn't go to the gym? No, no. <laughs> there was there was intention, which is just as good as doing, in my opinion. You went to um, you went to ghost gym. <laughs> yes, I did. I went to pretend make believe gym in my head where I'm like super buff. Um, would you like to be buff? Oh, yeah, I'd like to be buff. What, what would like, be your buff goals? Would you like a six-pack? Like, no, no, no. It's just, no, no, that's too much. Um, <laughs> I, if I could look like Cara June, that would be great. That's your, like, life, your body goal? Yeah, it's never going to happen, but I can pretend. <laughs> write, write that on the calendar. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I be- think my friend and I have decided that we are going to get fit enough to badly finish one of those weird obstacle courses that the dude bros do. Well, as in like that thing in the trees or whatever, like in the city or in the Glenelg or whatever it is, one of those know, weird sky one, ones. I don't know, like those, you know, they set up the obstacle course and you've got to do the obstacle course. I want to do it. I don't know what you're talking about, but I will do that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. that's how fit I will be one day. Maybe. Excellent. I doubt it. <laughs> how about you? How was your week? Um, I, had a pretty good, I had a pretty normal week. Um, I was really excited because uh, Carrion... Uh, horror game came out on Xbox Game Pass. I've been playing that all week. For people who don't know what Carrion is, um, you have to check it out. You basically play a blob horror tentacle monster that escapes a lab, and then you go around the lab like um, evolving and becoming bigger and bigger, and then eating the scientists. And it's just got this amazing horror feel to it. It's like pixel art. It's beautiful. When you move, it's like the most beautiful thing in the world like it's so smooth and you have tentacles that like so you just press anywhere in any direction and you lash up tentacles automatically and just pull yourself around the room and stuff you've got mouths all over you've got eyes you can grab people and throw them around or you can like bring them in and eat them and yeah, yeah. You, you keep upgrading like you get stuff like you can smash through stuff and then you can get like like a predator camouflage to get through certain things and it's just crazy good it is very puzzly though so you have oh, to like okay. sit down and go, okay, I'm not just going to run through and kill stuff. I have to sit down and think where I'm going to go. You know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah, okay. you know, I have to I have to crawl through this drain and, you know, pull this thing down to open that door and stuff like that, like kind of thing. You're trying mm-hmm. to get out the lab. But it's still really, really good and really, really horror. Like it's you so. I had like four different people ask me if I'd played it and like I haven't played it yet. They're like, why? Yeah, I, I don't have time. Okay, it's, I don't have a switch available to me right now. Um, uh, I was on Switch it's as now well. Definitely, it's on everything, I think, but it's now definitely high on my to-do list. And as soon as you said you were playing, I'm like, of course you were. Fuck, yeah. I need to play this game. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna review it over on Hack the Diner this week. So if you want my full oh, review, you can go over yes. there and check it out on this Friday. Um, oh. Apart from that, I installed another stereo. I keep in- <laughs> buying stereos and installing them, like one in the house, one in the studio, one in the shed, and stuff like that. So. I just been steroing out. Steroing? You're just gonna steroing. 
you are going to have a stereo so so good that the sax man is going to be able to just it's going to sound amazing for you the sax man's going to come over and sit with me and watch himself (laughs) (laughs) he's going to dance he's going to dance for you it's funny yeah um so let's get into what we've been watching this week um I will go first. So I've got true relevant segues here I could have used. Number one, I could have used the sax man. Number two, I could have used Carrion as the blob monster. So I'm just going to go straight into the blob. So I watched the 1988 blob movie, the remake of the original one from uh, 1958, I believe it is. Um, It's directed by Chuck Russell. How good is that name? Chuck Russell. I love it. Sounds like a flavor of chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Um. He did stuff like Nightmare on Elm Street 3, can't go wrong. He did mm-hmm. The Mask, do you remember that? Oh, did he? The Jim Carrey Mask. And he did Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, wow. Okay, sure. So um, straight away, so for those who don't know, what the, uh, I'm just going to quickly go through what this is about. If you haven't seen The Blob, it's about a media comes down, there's a blob in it, it eats people. <laughs> like it blobs, Done. It blobs on you, it dissolves you, it eats you, it gets bigger every time yeah. you know you. It, it's the typical, like, uh, blob stuff, uh, glob, globby movie kind of thing. But uh, but it is actually, like, when, when I, when I stu- stood back and looked at it and thought about it, it's actually like a slasher film because the whole film is you seeing just the victims dying. You never see, yeah. like, any damage taken to the blob because he's just a blob. Like, he, yeah, he, he, he don't, absorbs everything. He don't care. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's got Shawnee Smith. Do you know her? Oh, yeah, I love her. I used to have such a crush on her when she was in Becca and then she was in the Saw franchise. Yeah, she's in the Saw franchise. I was in the Grudge film, like the remake. Was she? The I, new one or the other one? I don't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's not memorable. To tell you the truth, I haven't watched, I haven't really liked, I don't like the Grudge franchise. I think it's kind of boring. Um, it's Same. like It's like a budget ring, you know what I mean? It's like the ring with all the yeah. cool, cool, cool shit from the ring taken out of it. Well, I think, and I think the original, the remake one they did, they put Sarah Michelle Gellar in it, and she just, she just doesn't have the acting chops for it. So, yeah, I love interest. Um, but yes, what I did Shawnee love, Smith. What I did love about this film, it opens up and it just shows this deserted, like you know, rural um, uh, uh, American town kind of thing. You know, it's all deserted. You know, there's tumbleweeds blowing around. It looks like some bad shit's gone down. And that's like the whole credit sequence is that. It's an empty ghost town. And then it pans over to like the football field and the whole um, town is just watching the Friday night football game. <laughs> like sure. it's a little like town. And I thought that was really good because it set the scene of this scary town and it was just everyone was at the footy. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yep, yeah, wicked, wicked. And it like, opens up with this guy, you know, he's like the, the quarterback and basically he, he seems like he's going to be the, the main guy and then it cuts and then he's not. He's just, there's a, the, the main guy is this, you know, delinquent motorbike wearing, leather jacket wearing, mullet wearing duda. Like, <laughs> who's like, who, who, you know, he's like basically, remember Richard Marks Hazard, that song? No. You don't remember Hazard, like, I swear I left her by the river. Remember that song? <laughs> no. And he was like, yeah, well, he's that character out of that song. He's like the uh, the misunderstood dude who the town, you know, thinks he's a drop kick and the police don't like and the town doesn't like him, but he's actually just a normal dude but misunderstood. <laughs> okay. Is this is this the guy played by um, Kevin Dillon from Entourage? Maybe. He's got really small lips. 
Yeah, that does sound like him. <laughs> like, uh, is he from Entourage? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, he is. He's from Entourage. Yeah, right. The guy from Entourage. Yeah, sure. so, so the first thing I noticed about this film is I was like, man, the first couple of effects with the blob and the first couple of kills, I was like, hang on, that's wicked. And I looked it mm. up, right? So this film had a $9 million, $19 million budget. Is that a lot for a horror film? Um, I, I don't know. From nineteen eighty, from nineteen eighty eight. Look, I want to say that that's pretty big. That's yeah. a big budget. Anyway, so, at least it's a mid-sized budget. They so had nineteen million for the whole film, and they spent nine million on just special effects. Oh wow! So nearly half the entire film's budget on just special effects, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, and. Um, yeah, man, there are so many good scenes in the film. Like, there are so many good kills, and it's like they've just gone through and gone, oh, man, we've got to really think about how we can make this blob interesting. And, like, mm-hmm. they have, a, like, ones that but everything just looks wicked from whatever this substance they make this blob out of. Um, so you make, like, you know, a haggard-up person who's melting, and if, like, you know, they might, they might look like a pretty good dummy, but when you put this blob over them that's a little, little bit translucent and pull it kind of over them so you can see them inside, it looks like flawless, like it's so yep. good. There's like a sink kill where the blob grabs a, it's like a real classic one, the blob grabs a dude's face from out of the sink, like a big metal sink, and pulls him into the plug hole and you fully see like his whole body and his head just get crunched down into like a yeah. plug hole and pulled in and his arms oh. and legs go together and you see like the actual like metal sink like bending out and stuff and like all the kills just look wicked and they're so aggressive okay. and like... And I just like yeah, if you haven't seen this or you haven't watched it in ages, give it a rewatch. It's like today's standards of like of effects. It's so does good. It have the 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 big question I have is does it have its own theme song like the original nineteen fifty eight film does? It does not have a the blob. No, <laughs> no, no. It um, but what it does have is awesome government scientists that just rock up. And they're super duper friendly, and they just tell the main character straight away, like, what's going on? <laughs> like, Love it. they're like, yeah, a media came down, but then, of course, they turn out to be bad scientists. And um, oh. there was actually a twist in it, which I'm gonna, I'm gonna say anyway, because I'd forgotten about it, which she's changed from the original one, because you, you assume it comes from space. But then they yep. pull the media out, and it's actually got a US flag on it, and it's actually Ooh. a biological weapon that's mutated in space. That they've oh. and then they use the town as a test, like thing. So they isolate it and then they're gonna like let it go into the town. So they're all they're government fuckheads in the end. Yeah, but sure. they're wicked because they're dudes like they're they're in like um, hazmat suits, like special ones, and you know they're lit from the top in their face, so their faces are always glowing. They're pretty hateable. They're pretty good. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. I, I love a hateable scientist. And there's like there's like my like, you know like death a minute like especially at the end when the blob becomes huge. The effects of when it becomes huge are a little bit bad, as in you can tell that it's been green screened, but it's still just the blob. You know what I mean? But they've just yeah. made it, they've green screened it a little bit bigger. Their green screening wasn't quite on point. But there's so many like kills. Like there's ones like, you know, where Joey's putting a, like he's like barricading up like a, a door with a bookshelf and the blob comes through and grabs him through one of the shelves and pulls him into the bookshelf and just snaps him over backwards and stuff. And, Ooh, and there's yeah. so many just like, you know, dissolved people and stuff. And there's actually like, a partially dissolved like soldier dude who's alive on the ground at the end, and he's actually mm-hmm. played by a stuntman named um uh his name's Noble Craig, <laughs> and uh, he is a triple amputee in real life. So he's lost. He's got no legs wow. and no arms and no eye. Um, 
because he, uh, he he lost it while serving in the Vietnam War in real life, and he plays now like in horror films when you need a person without legs and stuff. So like he's like this, yeah. So there's a little shot of a dude with like no arms and legs, and he's you know he's clearly got a head. You know what I mean? Like so how's yeah, that? Because okay. I always I actually asked I asked my wife the week before like, do you reckon there's like a a, a casting agency for limbless people for horror movies to make you know what I mean? Like for zombie films, I would say there would have to be like. Yeah. You know, because not everyone's going to be, you know, Brad Pitt perfect. So you definitely need people that are, you know, out of the ordinary people who have disabilities. And there would have to be something yeah, that's, like that. I always think acting is such a great job in the fact that, like, you know, everyone, like, you know, they're heaps good looking and, like, oh, you have, he, he could be an actor and all that. But, like, there are mm. so many roles for every every shape and every age of every person. So you can act 100%. for your whole life. And I yeah. think, think about stuff like George Costanza, like one of the, you know, like, um, what's his real name? We, Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander. Like he has played yeah. like, like a, a, a kind of a dummy his whole life and he's like one of the highest paid actor dudes around. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. you just have to, yeah, anyone can become an actor. Like whatever your look is, whatever you look like, there is a job for you as an actor if you're good at acting. Like, it's true. Well, and if human? you're not, like, <laughs> oh, human. So I was saying the other day, because we were watching um, Unsolved Mysteries, and we were watching the original series, and I was like, man, I would really love to just be a reenactment actor, because <laughs> it really requires no skill, or seemingly requires no skill, yeah. but you'd obviously get paid, still get paid enough, and the expectation is not going to be that high. So I, I'm, I'm there. I assume that like a lot of reenactment stuff would be like one agency kind of thing. There's just like the budget actors, like you know, you don't really want to pay someone very much to do a reenactment kind of thing because it's just like a basic thing in a, a thing. So yeah, you yeah. Could probably anyone could be a reenactment actor. Well, that's how Matthew McConaughey started. He was a he was in an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, and now look at him. Yeah, doing yeah, things. Yeah, right. So you reckon that's yeah? You know, you're gonna do it? No. 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 <laughs> you know you could. You totally I, could. Why I don't you... could do anything I want, Dan, but I live in an- constant anxiety and fear. I don't do anything. I'm sure if people have high anxiety, acting is the perfect role <laughs> in front of a camera, people. Yeah, that's sure. <laughs> but anyhow. So... That's, that's why we don't do a live show. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we did true. once, accidentally, <laughs> I, when I streamed it to Twitch. Um, <laughs> so, Yeah. I'm not going to get into it. There's a whole bunch of meat, uh, you know, uh, there is like the old um, joke in it, which I'd seen a million times, where the the, the, the meathead jocks go to the chemist because cause it's set in like, I think it's set in like 19, like in the 1950s or 60s, like, or 70s, because everything's very old in, in it. Maybe. I don't know if it's period. Anyhow. Um, there's like, you know, the, uh, the, the, the jocks kind of do going to the chemist to buy condoms for their babes that they're going to get that night. And of course, like when he rock and he buys it off the chemist and he like makes a joke. And when he rocks up, like the dad is the chemist, (laughs) like, oh you know, and that's been done in like commercials and stuff before, but I thought that was uh, like kind of good. There is a weird like date rape scene in it as well. Like a dude like. Goes out, gets a chick in the car with him, and fully just gets her drunk on this full-on juice that he makes, like yep. for the one goal of sleeping with her. And like he's got, and he like he 
he, he gives her a ring on a necklace and he, when he goes to his car in the back, there's like a whole tub of necklaces on rings that he gives to all the girls and he's got a little bar uh, where he makes his rocket juice and then she passes sure. out and he just takes it upon himself to like undress her and start groping her while she's just passed out. And I'm like, oh God, this is so on PC and so awkward. But then it's so okay because, the, oh well, yeah, her boob turns into the blob and then her face explodes and the blob comes out all over him. The blob gets it. The, the blob gets it on with him. Wow, shit. But yeah. Okay. Have you yeah, seen this I, film? I haven't seen this film. So I was always like a bit of a purist when I was a bit younger. I was arrogant and I'm like, I'm not going to watch a remake of The Blob. The Blob's a fantastic film. Now you should watch it, eh? And I've missed out on a lot of fun. And now I'm not as arrogant. But yeah, I definitely want to check this one now out. You it's have to. This list. is way, this is like every horror and uh, I, I lover should watch The Blob, the 1988 one, because mm-hmm. it's just so well done. Like, there's so many good scenes, and it's just mile a minute when it's happening because it's like, and they create good characters. Like you're just like, oh yeah, it's like a little town. Like there's, it like they they all seem believable. They're all good acting. The film looks nice. It's got a really nice grain to it. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that looks nice. Mm-hmm. Like, and it just works on all. You know, like those films that are just work on all grounds. You're just like, yep, cool, you did it. I mean, he made Nightmare Three, so you can't really go yep. wrong. He made The Mask, well, which is-, is questionable. And Eraser. He made a whole bunch of other ones. There's the three I thought were funny to mention. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a stark contrast of films. Mm. Anyhow, let's move on. What have you watched, Jen? Okay. So I'm going to give an honourable mention. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it. Um, so I watched uh, a movie called I See You. Yep. It's just recently been added to Netflix, um, directed by Adam Randall, 2019 film. Um, this film was really good like very very seldom do i jump on my facebook page and post something and be like everyone needs to check this film out it was fantastic but i did <laughs> um so i i don't want to talk about it because there is the one of them there is a lot happening in this film and if i start talking too much about it it's just going to sort of trip you up or ruin it or give something away that i think is going to lose a bit of its uh well, we can talk about the cover the poster the poster is black with a little face in it which looks like yeah. well i don't know what it is it, to me it looks like a chameleon like a lizard but uh yeah. <laughs> but it's a little little face it's a cute face a face only a mother could love little face um so that's all you're gonna give so this is is this this is this just a hard recommendation this is a hard recommendation so do not look this film up do not read about it do not watch the trailer. You sit your ass down, get your popcorn, get some snacks, and uh, just watch it. That's it. I'm going to ask you some vague questions. Is it scary or is it fun? Um, I would say it's, I mean, it is fun, but it's not like fun like 80s horror fun. It's not scary, but it is unsettling and intense. Ooh, it's camping, yeah. intense. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, that is all I will say. All right, move on to your next yeah. film then. Oh, okay. So I watched Nightmare Beach. Oh my god, you've written um, like a thesis on this. <laughs> so much <laughs> oh information. I love this film so much. It was so good. Um, so Nightmare Beach, nineteen eighty nine, directed by Umberti Lenzi, who is a sort of an Italian director. Now this one had a little bit of um, uh, controversy because. Uh, Lindsay came on, he started directing the film and he had a big falling out with the producers. And mm-hmm. so he's basically like, fuck y'all, I'm, I'm out. Fuck so y'all. they brought in, <laughs> they brought in Harry Kirkpatrick 
to finish it off. So he actually gets, uh, I think he gets like an uncredited credit, but he's actually, his name comes up on the screen. So I don't know if they've like re-edited that. They accidentally put it in there? Oh shit. Yeah, (laughs) probably. Um, So this is an Italian giallo meets American spring break film. Um, What? So, yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, the, the Italian style directors, but it falls very short. So let me give you a rundown of this film. Okay. Okay. So far, Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Totally fine. Uh, Florida biker, uh, Diablo is electrocuted for murder. So he goes to the electric chair, start of the film, like his whole biker gangs out the front. They're all looking pretty sad. Um, so he gets sentenced to death for a murder that he claims he was set up and he's not done, whatever. And pretty soon after that, all these people start going missing and are discovered dead and they've all been electrocuted. And they're like, oh, my God, Diablo's back and he's back from the dead. And Diablo. <laughs> yeah, his name. <laughs> that his name? So, his name's Diablo. Hello, Diablo. Um, there is a lot happening in this film. There is about three different films happening in this film, and I loved all three of these films. So it's even though it's 1989, it felt very, very 90s. Fashion was 90s. The B-roll um, opening sort of sequence where they're, you know, panning across the beach and looking at all the, the women and the surfers and the dude bros, and I just wanted to go and watch Point Break straight afterwards. Mm. I did not, but I did want to. Um, so the mayor in it is pretty much like the mayor of Jaws. So all these things are happening. All these deaths are starting to happening and he's like, nah, nah, they're not happening. Like you cover them up, cover them up. It's, it's, it's who's, a weird thing. Who's covering them up? The mayor. Oh, the, the mayor. The evil the cop- mayor. Yeah, there's always an evil mayor. Um, so one of the cops is played by John Saxon, who, which was really sad. We just found out he passed away, um, on the 25th. So I watched this movie on the Saturday, woke up on Sunday to hear the news that he'd passed. Um, 83 years old, had pneumonia, but he's like an icon in the horror community. Oh yeah, man. Sad day. Um, he was a a cop in Nightmare on Street, wasn't he? He was. He played the dad. Dad. Yeah. Nancy's dad. Yes. Yep. And they had that amazing and, scene in like Wes Craven's New Nightmare where they're they're playing themselves, and then she starts calling him dad, and she's like, "Why are you calling me dad, uh, Nancy?" And she goes, "Why are you calling me Nancy?" And I was <laughs> like, "Yes, metaverse." <laughs> Everyone's back. Um, so these two guys come down for spring. So this is the first because, like I say, there's three films happening. So the first guy, um, this fucking Ralph Macchio looking motherfucker. Um, comes to spring break with his buddy. They've had this big football game. The guy lost the game. He's all sad about it. And his his buddy's like, nah, nah, we'll just, you know, we'll go out. We'll, we'll hook up with, with ladies. We'll drink. It'll be great. Uh, we'll have all the sex and you'll forget all your problems. So there's that story. That's happening. And then while that's happening, the sort of the police, the mayor, they're all dealing with this return of Diablo which we're also then bringing into there is a motorcycle killer. So there is a killer riding around on a motorcycle. The motorcycle doubles as an electric chair. Sure. Makes sense. of course it does. So that's all happening. Then in between this, there is a lot happening without the main storyline. So there's this pickpocket and he's always, it's like they, they didn't have enough time or enough footage. So they're like, okay, let's just add this fucking thing in there. 
So there's a pickpocket and it's always showing him hanging out with people and then stealing their money. <laughs> they realise they, they, they had a 20-minute film and just put in a whole bunch of storylines. 100% is this is what's happened. There is a prostitute. So she's picking up guys left, right and centre like, oh, you know, I just... I don't have enough money for my college tuition. And then it like cuts to her walking them out of her hotel room. Woo-woo. Meanwhile, the, the the owner of the hotel room is like this huge pervert who's looking in and watching all the sex happening. Then sure. there's this prankster guy. He's making pranks all over the place. And they're like, oh, my God, it's the killer. Oh, no, it's just this guy making pranks. Oh, no, guy, pranks. Do you reckon, it's fucking ridiculous. Do you reckon they were just on a... A, a, the letter P trip because I got a pickpocket, a prostitute, a pervert, and a prankster. <laughs> I love that. That's your opening for next week, Dan. Yeah, I can do P. It. <laughs> so, I don't really the, want to put the, prostitutes. <laughs> no, hey, prostitutes, listen to our co- podcast. You know, you never know. Um, so all all of this stuff is happening in this film, and they somehow don't connect, but then connect. The dialogue is just terrible the acting at times is super terrible um but then there's this all of a sudden because they're at spring break there's this musical number so there's this big 80s sort of rock musical number what with a sax man <gasps> sax man i know not as good as uh, your sax man but still a pretty good sax man mm, i'll get it back onto my sax man <laughs> later into my next <laughs> film um so all this stuff happens and then it leads to this big old scooby-doo villain reveal at the end, which was fucking hilarious. And at times there are so many plot holes and just <laughs> things that are not resolved that this film is amazing. Is it really amazing or is it Jen amazing? It was Jen amazing, which <laughs> equals amazing. Jen, come on, get on board. <laughs> which equals normal people looking at it going, what? Like, what the fuck did you watch? Jen? But even then, I like when I was just saying about the movie I See You, um, I had a friend message me saying, now, is this Good, good, or is this you good? Yeah, Jen, good. <laughs> First of all, fuck you. Second of all, everything <laughs> I say is amazing is amazing. Watch this film. <laughs> so I highly recommend checking this this absolute trash film out because it'll just make you so happy. It made me happy. Oh, that is so, good. Yep. <laughs> all right, let's move on to my second film. So my second film, as some of you may have worked out is um, The Lost Boys I watched from 1987. Joel Schumacher made it. He made stuff like Flatliners. Probably, uh, that's probably why Kiefer Sutherland's in Flatliners. But he also made the, 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 the treats of Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. <laughs> Do you remember those? Batman and Robin, the George Clooney one? Uh, oh, no. Do you know what? I, I haven't actually revisited that film like, since it was new. Maybe if I watch it now, it might actually be hilarious and just what Batman needs. I might watch it and go, you know what? That was a Batman film because Batman is stupid. <laughs> like, it's, it's true. It was really sort of disheartening because, I mean, I, I, I do like Batman and these Batman Forever and Batman Robber were just terrible films. But it was just so disheartening that because Joel Schumacher passed away recently and all of the tweets that went out about it weren't celebrating a career and a, a fantastic director and a person. They were just like, yeah, fucking Batman sucked. Oh, really? But what about the Lost Boys? Yeah. Well, just don't focus on the negative. Also, this man's just passed away. Like, show a little respect. Like, whatever. Mm. So do you know why this film's called The Lost Boys? Because I didn't know this. 
Did you just assume it was because all the kids get kidnapped? Well, I just assumed it was like a reference to Peter Pan. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I never go. knew that. I, I was like, because, yeah, it's his, it's his gang. It's called the Lost Boys. And, like, they're kids that stay young forever. And that yeah. I had never, I, I'd always thought because there's so many references to kids that are, they can't find on milk cartons and, like, lost, like, you have you seen my child signs? I thought it was just yeah. the Lost Boys as in they've been lost because of the vampires killing them. And I was like, oh, my God, it's so obvious now, and I never, ever put that together. <laughs> so, sure. so this um, film is the first appearance of both Corys in one film, Corey Haim and Corey Fieldman. This is the first time they were ever together, and from that point they are, they are yeah, well, they were labelled as the two Corys. So mm. a, bit, a, bit, a little bit of history for it. Um, so this film is amazing. Like, I had forgotten how good this film was. It has, like, you know, one, one of the hottest openings. It's got, like, the sickest music. And it's got that song um, It's written for the film, um, that Cry Little Sister song. Oh, I love that, that song. Cry I love Little Sister, that <laughs> Yeah, like that. Um, And, you know, so I just sing all the songs when I can't be bothered explaining them. <laughs> Fine, that's what I prefer. It's kind of like when I ask people to describe things and act them out instead of actually showing me. Yeah. So that, and that, and that, because I, I was watching it with my wife and she's like, man, they're using this song a lot. And I'm like, because it's made for yeah. the film. It's got, yep, it's got hot music, music in it the whole way through. It's got the doors. It's got, you know, like so many good, like this. The soundtrack is insane. Mm. And then it's got, as we said before, Saxman. 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 So if people don't know who Saxman is, they go to like um, the boardwalk where there's like a fun fair at night and there's a band playing and there is this huge buff oiled up man playing the saxophone and shaking his hips whilst he's yeah. playing the sax. And then he's also the lead singer. And it's just this, it's probably one of those most gift, you know, things in the world on the internet. You know what I mean? Like sure. he's the yeah. sax man. And I think he became famous because of that just like gif. Kind of thing. Yeah, and I think he's had a pretty lucrative career off of that one thing, and good on him. Good on him. Yeah. Um. So people don't know what this film's about. It's basically a family moves to. Oh, I forgot the place it's called now. It's something Springs. Place called. They move to an uh, uh, like a oh it's, it's Santa Carla. Yeah. Springs. I'm thinking of Palm Springs, which I watched this week as well. Um, the same. Uh, they move to Santa Carla, which is kind of like a smallish town on the coast. Um, because mm-hmm. uh, it's like a mum and her two kids, uh, they're two boys. They've uh, she's just broken up with her husband, so they've moved in. They, they're moving in with their her father, her, so their grandpa, and they don't realize that there's like a whole bunch of vampires in this town. And they are, from what I got, get they may be the first of the coolest vampires ever. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so yeah. Kiefer Sutherland is the main vampire. Um, like young Kiefer as well, spiked hair with a mullet, you know, black mullet. black trench coat. Um, what's his name from Bill and Ted's? One of them. What's it? Which one is he? What's his name? Winters. Uh, his last name's Win- uh, Winters or whatever. Anyway, Bill or, Bill and or Alex, Ch- Alex Winters is one of the vampires Alex. as well. So there's about five. I think there's five vampires, five or six vampires. And basically, uh, the older brother gets turned into a vampire and um. Kind of like, you know, it's, he's battling the, the forces of like, you know, I don't want to be a vampire. He's not quite a vampire because I have to, uh, yet. Uh, the other kid, which is Corey Haim, that kid mm-hmm. has some fashion in this film. It's so hilarious. Option. He ha- Was that? 
He's fashion, darling. But fashion, yeah, with an S-H, fashion. <laughs> he has, like, the loudest shirts. He has, like, button-up shirts and shorts that are loud as fuck but have the same print on both of them, so it looks like a, yeah. a suit. He has, yes, like, yes. he has sh- loud shirts that are, he, he has them undone, but they're so long that they turn into, like, a trench coat loud shirt. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. shit, I've just, like, you know, and just, like, the best fashions. Like, crazy... 90s TV smash hits like oh man and he's he's awesome and there's, there's some male crops in this too there's what male crops male crops yeah the male crop top oh yes there is a male crop top with um <laughs> worn by uh the frog brothers who one of them is played by Corey Fieldman and then the other one is played by that other guy <laughs> that, <no> one, <laughs> that wears the crop top that no one knows okay. um and they play like a you know a they buy a Two kids who own a comic shop on the boardwalk, and they're um they're diehard vampire hunters. They've worked out the vampires are around, and they've like you know, they give Corey Haim like um Corey Haim's character's name is Sam. So they give Sam a comic which is called um it's called Vampires. No, what's it called? I think it's called Vampires Everywhere. And um, mm-hmm. apparently that comic is actually was made for the film, like a whole comic book. And um, it's actually the comic shop that they shot it in, in, in Santa Carla, is a real comic shop. And that, that comic shop is still, that comic is still there now and signed by all the cast. I'm like, that's, oh, now wow. that's a comic you want to own. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, so they're giving this comic as like, you know, reading material to like get him used. He doesn't believe it and all this stuff. And then, yeah, it goes from there. And the film basically ends in like them barricading themselves in this house and a massive like all the vampires come for them and they have to like fight the vampires at the end which is the main end of the film which is wicked because there's like and it just turns into one of those gore fests very um uh kind of like the vibes of you know like dust till dawn at the end where they're trapped in there and they're fighting the vampires but these are like punk vampires cool looking punk vampires and um they all die in all different ways and they, they have a bit in it as well where they even say like no vampire goes out the same some go quietly some burst into flames others explode and you know yeah, you know and how, how they even know that I don't know because they've never actually killed vampires <laughs> but um yeah so you go and they go, like, go so that it's got a really rad montage section where they're getting ready for the fight for that night so they're like they go into a church and they just steal all the holy water and there's like a baptism going and all these they just burst in these kids start, you know, stealing all the holy water in, like, like um, uh, canteens and bottles and stuff, and everyone's just staring at them, and then they just run out and just give a fist pump to, like, as they're leaving. <laughs> it's just the best scene. <laughs> like, yeah. Like. <laughs> so they're filling. They fill up the bathtub they, like, with holy water. They, like, crush garlic in it. Then they fill that up in, like, with super soakers and stuff. So they've got that. They've got garlic. They've got steaks. They've got, you know, uh, bow and arrows and stuff. And they just have this kill off at the end and just, like, this gore happens. They push one of the vampires into, like, you know, the bath and he melts and it's awesome. But then he goes down the drain and for some reason every drain in the house just shoots out with blood so the whole house is just spraying out with blood and stuff and there's all this excitement happening they're like shooting vampires with arrows who get stuck who fly into the stereo then the stereo like goes off into metal music and then they say lines like death by stereo and all weird stuff (laughs) like it's so good like the ending is this and then the the and then it's like so the quest is to find the head vampire and stuff like that um 
who they think is Kiefer Sutherland, and then um, it's not. So someone else. Anyhow, at the end, like the uh, the the grandpa comes home. He's like he's been this oblivious, weird, eccentric kind of like funny dude. And he comes in, smashes in the car, and a big spike comes out, like a fence post, and kills the main vampire. Mm-hmm. And like it, the main vampire explodes, everyone's you know coming out of the rubble, and that you know got black all over their face because like you know the vampire exploding the fire and all that. And like the the and then it cuts to the old man, and he has like pretty much the best last line of any film. And this mm-hmm. is a line, and then it's just cut black to credits after that. And so this old dude, and he gets out of the car, and you know, his house is trashed. Everyone's sitting there going, are you okay? And he goes, one thing about living in Santa Carla I could never stomach is all the damn vampires. <laughs> and then just cuts the <laughs> credits. And I'm like, holy shit, that's amazing. Like, because he just knew the whole time. Like, and then, yeah. ah, such a good film. So fun. Like, so much fun. And the whole film took three weeks to make, to film. That's so short. Same. That's sh- that- know, it, that's very short for a film. Three weeks. That is, that's that nothing. Is, Imagine that as an yeah. acting job. You just like three weeks. Yeah, sure. Apparently, so, Corey Haim got um no Corey Fieldman. He's sixteen in this film. Mm-hmm. He got kicked off. He got fired halfway through the oh. film because he kept falling asleep. Because even at sixteen, he had a cocaine addiction. How crazy is that? That is insane. And then like he promised he was gonna like you know like you know be on time, read all his lines and that, and the guy and the director um. Uh, Joel Schumacher let him like come back, and then he like was like you're straight and narrow from there. But how's how's at sixteen you've got a cocaine addiction? How crazy that's, that is! Like, because he was a, he's a child oh, actor. He was in like the Goonies hmm. and all crap like that, wasn't he? Yeah, not the Goonies. Stand by me. Okay. Was he in the Goonies as well? I don't know. Doesn't was matter. he in Stand by Me? Yeah, yeah, he, he's definitely in Stand by Me. I think. Before yeah, Corey was. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so like, it's just crazy to like, even like contemplate being that old with a drug a- a- addiction. Like, when yeah. I was 16, I was probably like, I was not that cool. I mean, I was still drinking some beers, man. I was saving up my pocket money to get a six-pack of beer on a, a, for the weekend. Not, not for Friday, for the whole weekend. <laughs> like, <laughs> That'll uh, do you for the weekend. And he's buying cocaine. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Anyhow, oh, um, this has got my Dan's stamp of approval. Dan's... Dan Superstamp, if anyone hasn't seen this film, go out and watch it. Purely for, number one, the shirts, purely for Keith Sutherland, purely for the music, and purely for that last line, the end. Cut. Done. Done. (laughs) Go. Jen, what did you watch? Very good. So I rewatched Rogue. So 2007, directed by Greg McLean, who also did Wolf Creek. Wolf. Um, Yep. This is an Australian film? This is an Australian film, yes. Um, so I've said it once. I will say it every single freaking time. I love creature features. I love giant animal films. I love all that kind of shit. So I love this film. Um, this came out in 2007, the same time another movie called Black Water came out. Another oh, Australian yeah. croc film. But they were like little crocodiles in a sinking house or something like that. Was it more? Wasn't it? Is that, that- the one? That was Crawl. That was Crawl that came out last oh. year. It was it was Gators in Florida, which is also a bloody great film, so you should probably check that out. Oh, too many Gator um, films. I know. So Blackwater is it's more intense. Um, it takes itself a little bit more serious than this, I think, this film does. Uh, um, you know, basically, they're giant, stuck in a tree. Giant monster films have to take themselves with a grain of salt. They're giant monsters. You know, giant 
giant things. They don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> like with black water, it's not a giant gator. It's just a standard gator but the boat sinks and they're stuck in a tree and the water's rising they've got to get out of the tree they're injured and oh that sounds that's a different film but you should still watch it it's a great film um so rogue is is very simple um it's just a group of tourists stumble into a remote australian river territory of an enormous and very territorial crocodile um, the deadly creature then traps them in a tiny mud island and the tide uh, is basically rising very, very quickly. It's also getting dark and they need to get out before it basically kills them all. Instead of a tree, so, it's a little island. Yeah. So it's it's a basic premise. Um, it's got a very good Australian cast. So John Jarrett is in it, Rada Mitchell, um, Sam Worthington, it's a, uh, Stephen Curry's in it. And then wow, that's uh, a, that's, Mia, all, that's all the Australian actors, <laughs> pretty much. And then uh, Mia Wasikowski is in it, so she's also in um, Crimson Peak, Only Lovers Left Alive, and I think she played Alice in Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, she did. Yeah, so she's in it as well. Quite young in it, very adorable. Um, so this film is just—it's very Australian. It's almost too Australian. Oh, yeah. You know the. The, I think the accent gets put on a little thick, so it, they do really ham it up. So he's like, "Oi, how you going? Yeah, la, we're just just hanging around, drinking some beers in this tinny." Well, that's that, uh, that's John Jarrett schnick. That's how he sells himself to the Yanks. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Um, there's a guy. Stephen Curry's wearing a t-shirt. You know, the man, the legend. So the arrow's pointing up to the man, pointing up mm. to his face, and then down to his dick, and it's the legend. You know, he also risks his life to to get a six pack of Coopers out of the Esky. So, well, you know, why not? Very well. You know, that's the first thing I think of when I'm trapped on a mud oh, island about he, to be devoured by a giant crocodile. He was in that dainty Australian film Cut as well. Oh, I haven't seen that in years. Cut. Yeah, I think it's a South Australian one as well, isn't it? I think so. it, that's the one with Molly Ringwald, right? Uh, yeah. I'm putting it on and, my list. And Kylie Minogue. Don't forget. Oh, it's, so it's been forever since I've watched it. Colin um, Rowe probably still looks exactly the same age as she does now. 100%. She's clearly yep. a normal immortal. <laughs> yes. Um, so this movie is a bit of a slow burn. Its its design is to not show heaps of the crocs. So the crocs in it for about a total of five minutes um, that you actually see it on screen. Um, but it, it it's a slow burner that sort of gives you this feeling of dread and impending doom. Um, it also shows uh, the interaction between the people and that a person's true nature is going to come out when they're in a life and death situation. So how they treat other people, how they approach the, we need to do this as a team, and there's one dickhead going, fuck you, I'm going to do it my way, I don't want to die, and then gets himself killed or gets someone else killed. That kind of thing. Um, so the gore is really good. When there is gore, it is it is good. Crunchy Added. gore, like crocodile gore. There is good crocodile. Gore. Is he a crocodile or an alligator? He's a crocodile. It's a croc- Australian, of course. Yeah. Australian, yeah. What um, um is it CG the monster? It is. Um, it is CG. <laughs> it is noticeably CG as well. Which oh dear. It it doesn't look terrible. So it doesn't look bad enough that it takes you out of the film and you're like, oh, that's shit. It, it's, I mean, it's 2007. It's over 10 years ago, so they've, they've come a long way. 
The problem with but CG, yeah. though, we've been going over this. Like, it, yeah, it, it just like when, once it's dated. Like the the problem with effects, like visual effects, like practical effects, even though they date, is they're still there. But as soon yeah. as CG dates, it's like it doesn't exist in your mind anymore. You don't even look at it as a real thing. Like it's like you know an old video game with a bad cutscene. You just like it's not even on my radar anymore. I've moved on. My yeah. eyes shouldn't have to look at this bullshit. But pra- <laughs> the practical effects with rubber and gore and you know all that stuff, you still like go. It's there. It was there on the yeah. set. It was real. Where that was just like some people talking to you know a tennis ball on a stick. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not as good. And I mean, the they I do think that they use a lot of the practical effects while they're sort of working with it in the water. But then, you know, just the the swish of a tail or this or that. But then once they start getting into it, it is just full CG. Um, but you know, it's still really enjoyable, and I do thoroughly feel that everyone should definitely check it out, especially if you like a a big a big animal kind of horror film. Big animal. Big animal. You, you into, got your crook. You, you got were, your shark. I'm into big insect films, not as much. <gasps> the sharks, I'm, I'm not a fan. I mean, I love I love Jaws, but I don't yes. love it. You know what I mean? Like I yep. prefer like big crocs, big sharks, I big squids, big big octopuses. I prefer like big insects. I like big yeah. ants. I like big spiders. Yeah. Well, those films are fantastic. Mm. All of those films. And they I don't really think we've had a lot of the big ones. Since, I mean, it's all pretty much set in the 50s now because it's of that time. Yeah. I mean, we, well, had, they had, we had them, which we were talking about last week, and then we, um, yes. there was the video game based on them called They Came From The Desert, and then yeah. there's a movie based on the video game based on them called They Came From The Desert. I looked it up, <laughs> like, and it's one of those, like, absolute shocker birdemic-style films, you know them, that are all, oh, which, because yeah. I joined up to Tubi, Tubi, oh, as you God, said. It, it. It's just full of that. Tubi is, just a, is like Netflix for, like, the lowest budget, like, yeah. crap films. It, this is the bargain bin of movie streaming services, and it's my favourite thing. Like, I will just jump on it, I'll go to the horror section, and I'll just do a big scroll and let it sort of, like, yeah. wheel of fortune its way, and I'm like, oh, I'll watch that today. Oh, wrote, yes, Microwave Massacre, yes, please. I wrote spiders in there trying to find ice spiders because we thought it was on there, but yeah. it's been removed or something like that. Um, and I found, like, I found, like, oh, what was it called? Now I can't remember. It was called, like, it was, like, Tarantula Apocalypse or something like that, or Spider Apocalypse <laughs> or some crap like that. It was... The worst thing I've ever seen. I watched the whole film in fast forward. <laughs> like Fantastic. Because I, I couldn't handle it because they had dubbed the voices over. Like so it was in English, but then they they obviously fucked up the sound the whole way through and they had dubbed it all in themselves yeah. again. But because that it sounded like they were really close to the mic. And so like <laughs> everyone every time someone talked, no matter how far away they were from the camera, seemed like they were right in your face. <laughs> And it just, right. it just, it was just the worst filmmaking in the world and the worst CG. And yeah, I just fast forward it until a spider came on and then I, I watched those scenes and it wasn't even a story. It was like absolutely ridiculous. It made no sense. And like, yeah. so I did watch that. I didn't even want to talk about it because it was that bad. But now you made me. Well, they, they, I find that a lot of the films that are on there, the horror films, they are mostly the sort of the Arrow releases or the Vinegar Syndrome kind of things. So all these um, distributors in America that obviously we can't get these films, a lot of them end up popping up on Tubi. Um, such films as Dollman versus Demonic Toys, 
And if you haven't checked that's out the good. for that. That's old. That that trailer was amazing and I really want to watch it. So there's there's so many really good things on it and I think it is a free streaming service and Yeah, you, you can't you can't to... ask for much. It's free. No. I mean you have to put up with like maybe one or two adverts but you don't even notice. I had none in the spider one. Oh. They didn't even bother. Yeah. <laughs> the um <laughs> Yeah, and it's 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 such a blatant Netflix ripoff as well. Like it's the exact yeah. same setup as Netflix. It just looks like Netflix. Like if if you showed it to me, I would have gone, "That's Netflix." But then, yeah. no, there wasn't any logos. It's like, a lot more user friendly than Amazon Prime, though, because Amazon Prime, you go and you search a film, and it doesn't come up. But if you scroll through enough, you'll you find, find the it. film that you're looking for. Yeah, that's always yeah. crap. A crap search engine can really destroy something, eh? Oh yeah, it's it is frustrating. So yes, that is what I watched um this week and I thought this week was very enjoyable for me all round. So you had a good Everyone one. Should watch Nightmare well, Beach. Right. Well let's move on to homework. Yeah. Yes, every week Jennifer and I set ourselves a horror movie to watch as homework and then we review it together the following week. And this week we watched the movie <laughs> called Possess- <laughs> Possessor. Is it The Possessor? No, it's just Possessor. No, it's just Possessor. Possessor. Yes. It's quite a hard word to say. So it's someone who possesses. Um, yes. This is 2020, out this year. Um, mm-hmm. And it's directed by Brandon Cronenberg, who is David. Is it David? No, I get David the- Cronenberg. David Cronenberg's yes. son. So this is Cronenberg Jr. Um, yes, Next Gen Cronen. Oh man, he has a lot to live up to. Like he, he really does. He is um Cronenberg is one of my favorites. I mean, you know, some of my favorite films, Naked Lunch, etc., 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 etc. I'm not going to get into them all. I I've, you know, I've cracked too many erections over David Cronenberg already That's on this fun. podcast, so let's move on. <laughs> away. So, do you want to yeah. start with this one? Um, it, it's hard. Yeah. So we're not going to spoil this. So if you're listening we to this, we're going to be very light around the edges. We're going to talk about it ambiguously. It, it is, yeah. it is on. A, um, this is a very, very new film. So we're not. We're going to just talk about things, not story. If you know what I mean. Yes. Uh, okay. Do you want to go so first? This is a body horror. What well, body? Sci-fi body horror, basically. Not too confused um, with body horror. <laughs> no. Oh, buddy horror. Um, so, <laughs> um, so this is a thriller uh, about an agent who works for a secretive organization that uses brain implant technology to enable its operatives to inhabit other people's bodies, um, ultimately helping them dry, uh, carry out assassinations for high-paying clients. Mm. That is the that that's the synopsis given by Letterboxd, and that is the synopsis we shall give to you. We're not going to talk anymore about the story. We're just going to talk about what we thought of it. Yes, we can say stuff though. Who's in it? Yeah. Um. So, uh, Andrea Riseborough. Uh, Andrea Riseborough. She plays um Voss, and Voss. she was actually in Mandy. So you might know her from Mandy. Was she Mandy and Mandy, or was she one of the she other? She was Mandy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sean Bean's in it. Scene Bean. Of course he is. <laughs> Scene Bean. Uh, and Christopher Abbott, who is the poor man's Jon Snow, but actually a very good actor. Wow. He looks uh, a lot like Jon Snow. Mm. Yeah. And then we got um, what is it? Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. She plays yeah. the ma- 
She plays the main girl, doesn't she? No. Jennifer, she she plays uh, Gerda, who is running the facility that... Um, yeah, her handler. Yes, basically. Yeah. And you, yeah. we've got here that she was originally in Existence. So that's probably how old... Uh, in, in the dad's movie, so that's probably how Brandon got to know her or something like that. Dad probably went, Oi, Oi, Brandon, why don't you bring up old Jennifer Jason Lee? <laughs> Give her a go. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> so um, I'll talk a little bit about the film. This film, yes. instantly opening, gore, brutal as fuck. But mm-hmm. um, it, it starts off very Cronenberg-y. But I actually yep. feel as the film goes on, it loses its Cronenberg touch. Did you find... Ha- really? Yeah, I thought... I, I felt that as it went on during certain sequences, it was like, oh, there's the Cronenberg touch. Yeah, um, but I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, I, I'm talking about the overall vibe of the whole film. Like, mm. I just thought that... I don't know. When I watch a Cronenberg film, I expect to be bombarded with ideas and concepts and stuff like that. But this film, to me, yep. only had one idea... And it did it like mm-hmm. three times in a row. And I was just like, by the end of the film, I was like, I get it. I get yeah. what you're trying to tell me. And I know what's going to kind of happen. I'm just waiting for it. And it kind of just did happen. You know what I mean? Like the ending, yeah. you know, I, I, from the very opening, you're like, uh, if, 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 if you say, I'm not going to say what happened, but like, if you say, if, yeah, you can think about if the, the, the problems that could arrive with taking over someone's body kind of thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and that's kind of thing. What I did notice, though, stuff I did like was the graphic design. Uh, the, yes. The, the, the hot tiles, like the yellow with the black just possessor written all the way across and basically touching mm-hmm. the edges and stuff. Oh, that stuff's so good. That's so hot. Um, killer bleak soundtrack, like, you know, yep. full soundscape like. <laughs> Those kind of this, actually, this actually had more of a Cosmetos feel to it than a Cronenberg feel to yeah, it. Yeah, you're very black rainbow. Yeah, definitely. It had, and it had beautiful shots the whole way through it. Every shot was yeah. perfect. Every shot was beautiful. Just to me, it just didn't have the creativeness of his dad's films. And maybe I yeah. should be looking at it differently as he is a different person. He probably doesn't want to be lumped in as the same as his dad, but like, which makes perfect sense. But yeah, but the thing is he, ha- he did do lots of bits like his dad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So he's picky and choosing, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. There were a few scenes where you're like, mm, "I'm pretty certain you probably just didn't feel like coming to work today and got your dad to do it." But, <laughs> you know. Hey, Dad, can you just shoot this thing for me? I'm gonna go out back and have a ciggy. Can you just, just thanks uh, later? There is blatant nudity in this film. Oh my god! Can I just go one week without seeing a fucking dick on the screen? No, <laughs> just, but this one, one has an actual week. like porn scene in it. Like full- there is a legit. Scene. Porn scene, like full frontal spread vagina, um, erect penis, and like, as soon as it's erect, that that puts it into another way. I and I can this see film every... is not getting classified. No, I reckon it will be all. banned here. They uh, cannot because there is no possible way they can cut this film. I just I don't think you can cut it. I'd be um, surprised. It was so anxiety inducing this film at the start as well. Like the first half of it to me was just like, oh, I feel sick. From like how full on this is, and then uh, like, it got just too real for me. Happening. And there was no the violence was not fun. There was nothing mm. fun about it. You know, in my horror films, I like the fun of violence. This is not. This yeah. is a gore porn film. This is like 
Faces of Death, you know, shocking Asia. But the violence is so real, it's sickening. And it goes forever. Did you find yeah. that? Like, it, 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 There was a lot. Uh, there were a few nope moments for me. Like very seldom do I have uh, no, I, I, this, I don't like watching these kinds of things. And there were a few of those in that film um, that I was sort of a bit, no, it, it has no. like uh, some things though that I, we should warn people. It does have child violence in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck, does it yes. have child violence? It has, yeah, oh, pornography. Look. It has child violence, full frontal nudity, and the gore, the knives, knives. Yeah. This close up of knives going into flesh over and over again. <laughs> um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I can watch. I can watch a lot of stuff. It, it generally doesn't phase me. So for me, it wasn't. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Like, it, this was not a fun film. No. This is a film that I would happily watch and write a thesis on. I would happily watch and write just a, a paper on or an article or something. But it's not something that I feel that I would just, you know what, it's Saturday night and I'm tired and bored and let's just chuck on Possessor. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll never, I revisit, I, will I will never revisit this film. I appreciate that it, what it did was beautiful, um, but yes. I will never revisit this. It was just the violence was too confronting. It was too realistic. It was too depressing, and now I, I don't watch horror for these, any of those reasons. I watch yeah. to have fun. I watch to see how they do ridiculous stuff. You know, I want to see practical effects. I want to see, you know, I want to see, you know, stuff that's not like this. This was too realistic. It, mm-hmm. and, and, and as I said, it was one idea. It's like, what if this thing happens? And then it just kept doing that the whole way through the film. I thought there was, like, you know, it was going to go somewhere else, but it just stayed. Yeah. It just stayed. In its almost in its own reality, too much throughout the whole film. It's true. I mean, it was it was a slow burn film. So the first seven minutes of this this film was like a whole fuck. Like, okay, yep, they set the tone. They're not holding any punches. This is what the rest of the film's gonna be. And then it's fifty minutes of trying to get to a point, realizing that they still have a lot of time to cover. And then sort of tripping and stumbling and they'll get there eventually. Then there's just, you know, sex scenes. Um, (laughs) As soon as he walked into that room and it was like the blue light was on, I'm like, someone's fucking in that room in a second. And sure enough. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Um, um, Did it, how long did it go for? I'm just going to look up its running time because 102 minutes. That's not very long. It felt like it was one of those three hour epics. It did. It felt like I got to a point where I looked at the time and I'm like, Oh my god, there's still half an hour left. I need an intermission. (laughs) Yeah, I think I stopped and went and did something for a a couple of minutes and came back to it. Um, Also, why was everyone vaping in this film? Yeah, it was. It was cigarettes, but everyone fucking vaping. It was very pro vape, wasn't it? I think it was supposed to be kind of set in like the near future, and uh, maybe that's uh, they figured like you know that's the way it's going. No cigarettes, hundred percent vape. Um, Yeah. It's definitely worth watching if you if you get an opportunity, but like be warned that like this is a superbly made film. It's just yeah. not my cup of tea at all. Like it will be someone's cup of tea, and I know like people are gonna come up to me and go, "Man, have you seen have you seen Possessor?" And I'll be like, "Yeah, I I'm not in that stage of my life anymore. I'm not 16, and I want to see the most violent stuff in the entire world just to experience yeah. it because I've already experienced it. So <laughs> like, yeah. I don't need any more of it in my life. I've worked that stuff out. And that's just me getting old. You guys can pay me out. I don't mind. Um, 
it, it's totally fair. Like I find that I, you know, I mean, I watch, I still will watch films. Like if someone tells me that this film film is banned, I'm like, well, I'm going to watch that film. Yeah, same here. Um, but I, you know, as I get older, I, I don't walk away going, eh, that wasn't as bad as they think it was. I kind of walk away going, I need to hug my cat. Yeah. Can I, mean, I just have a? I've always found like the most brutal films are always are also some of those disappointing films I've watched. Like, yeah, like stuff like Cannibal yeah. Holocaust to me, like everyone goes on about how it was. I bought like the special one because it was banned and I watched it and I was so fucking bored. Like, I love the special features. I love a special feature. Um, <laughs> I've never watched a special so, feature on it, but uh, I assume, yeah, yeah. The, 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 uh, it's one of those films where the documentary about it will probably be better than yeah. the film. Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah cause I, like I had to watch that a lot because I actually wrote uh some form of paper on it when I was at uni. So I've, I've watched that film a lot more than most people will ever watch in their life. You weirdo. But, oh, <laughs> the, the things I could tell you that I've, uh, I've watched a lot of weird shit in my life. Yeah, and right. And I've written about it too. So it's all good. So overall, <laughs> uh, it is a hard one. Would you recommend this film? Or would you have, have to screen your recommendations to certain people? Certain people. I straight out know about 10 people that I would say, you need to watch this film. You are going to fucking love this film. And then there are a bunch of people that are like, oh, so what did you think? I'm like, it's not for you. I do not recommend you watch it. It's a great film. It was very enjoyable and it did a lot of stuff. I had some ideas. It it, it was a concept. Okay, <laughs> it went on for a bit too long. Um, again, you could watch this and write a thesis on it. But yeah. it's not something but could that you? I would. Because I, I to me, could, I, to me, there was only like two ideas in the film. Like, I think if you went deeper, there's yeah, probably maybe. a little bit more. Um, um I enjoyed the I'm end scene. I, I thought it was like kind of cool. Um, let's just not talk about that though. Uh, yeah. So I guess we kind of have to leave it there. We don't want to spoil it. So yeah. it's it's hard to do a movie show about a film that you don't want to spoil for anyone. It's uh, true. It is true. But yeah. again, it's yeah. To well, the ten people I know who will enjoy this, you will enjoy it. And to everyone else, um, don't in. take your girlfriend to see it on a Friday night. Oh man, don't watch it with your parents. <laughs> oh, oh, this would be the worst film to watch with your mum. No, don't watch or, it with your mum. Gr- or your nana. No, don't watch it with your nana. Just you tell nan that you'll catch up with her next week. And um, she's like, next week you say she goes, oh, I fully watched Possessor. It was sick. <laughs> She's like, oh, did you see that film with that guy that did that thing? And holy crap, what about Yeah, okay, Nan, calm down. <laughs> All right, so let's let's leave it there, okay? Done. Done. Let's move into horror news. Each week, me and Jen take you through the horror news you need to know about. Welcome to this week's horror news. That's what I was going to do my werewolf thing. <laughs> I like your werewolf thing. It reminds me of a werewolf bar mitzvah. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure it does. Uh, what's our first? Art- what's our first article? What's our first okay. news? So this one is a uh, it's a you and a me thing. I think so. This one was over at uh, Dread XP. Um, positively spooky. Um, looks <laughs> like uh, Hideo Kojima and Junji Ito are possibly teaming up for Kojima's next project. Oh, shit. For people who don't know who uh, Junji Ito is, he is a comic, uh, a Japanese comic book horror writer. He's done such pieces as Uzumaki, Gyo, 
and I hope Tomi, yeah, is it Tome? However you say it, I don't know. Um, oh my god, so I much shit! Like, I don't even know how to say Gyo. It's G Y O. It might be Gyo. Yeah. Gyo. Gyo. Something like that. Um, yeah, he's done Frankenstein. He's done millions of short stories. He is pretty much hot property at the moment. He is. Yeah. He he is Japan's top like horror manga guy. Yeah. Um. And not so, only that, he's like, yeah, people love him. Like, love him. Yeah. He's Both- starting to get, like, bigger over here as well. Like, I can, watching from, like, five years ago, you'd get people come and be like, oh, can you recommend recommend me something horror to read? Like, yeah, ch- check out Junji Ito. And now it, people are just coming in going, do you have that Junji Ito thing? Yeah. Take all my Junji Ito stuff. Mm. And, of course, he, uh, Hideo Kojima is, like, uh, you know, Death Stranding, Metal Gear Solid, uh, all those video games that we know, like, um, know and love. And realizing that he is a sort of a weird god genius, predicts the future kind of guy, um, yeah. which he has done on many occasions in his video games. He basically, in one of the Metal Gear Solids, he predicted the whole social media and the state of the government as it is now. Crazy mm. accurate as well. Like, before even, like... The internet was around. He like basically yeah. described the internet, social media, and how and how like yeah, it's crazy. Anyhow, he um so they've worked together before. So they um they worked on he, uh Kojima put out a demo called PT demo. Do you remember that? Yes. So which was um the precursor going to be to the Silent Hills game. Uh, that mm-hmm. never eventuated because it was like uh, Kojima left Konami who was doing it and so it just never got done mm-hmm. kind of thing. But, yeah, uh, yeah so Junji Ito did uh, uh, some of the design work in that and there's actually a little baby in a sink uh, with no eyes and mouth kind of thing that is a full, uh, that uh, Junji Ito designed that's in it. It's like, yeah. It talks. So the thing about Junji Ito is is not only his ability to conjure a story that leaves you feeling super unsettled, but the artwork that goes along with it is terrifying. Mm. He's um he's yeah he's definitely he's definitely body horror, body melt, yes. body horror like comics. Uh, it's always the same that kind of awkward body horror stuff. He uh, he he with his writing though, which I really like. He really is an indulgent writer. Like, mm. you know, he's got so many ideas that are just getting thrown out there that you will only have to turn maybe three or four pages before you get, like, an, you know, a reveal or an indulgence, you know, that you're like, there's some more, like, <laughs> that's it. And then it will just keep yeah. going from there. And I, so he's not a suspense writer at all. There is no suspense in his comics. Um, yeah. A lot of the terror and weirdness comes out of how Japanese people react to this stuff, that they're... Um, and it happens a lot in a lot of Japanese horror that they just don't acknowledge that it's there or happening and yeah. just keep, it's like, it's fine. It's fine. We'll just keep going on with our lives. It doesn't matter. This shit's happening. We'll just yeah. keep going. And that's, what's weird about it, that they just accept it and move on. And then shit keeps happening. And yeah, there's so many gross ideas, mold, everything. I, one of my favorite stories of his is like called the long sleep or long dream. Okay. And yep. basically, it's about a guy. So imagine this. Every time you go to sleep, um, you have a dream, and every night the time within that dream feels like it doubles. Mm. So you can imagine like, you know, you got like a five-minute, you feel like you're in there for five minutes. Next, you know, next next night is 10 minutes, and it's 20 minutes. And after a couple of weeks, you're like in your dreams for like 100 years, it feels like. 
And then the next time you go to sleep, you're in there for 200 years. And the next time you're in there for 400 years. And it gets to the point where every time the person goes to sleep, they realize they're going to go away for like a thousand years. But their body, whilst they're asleep in that time, um, starts to evolve Mm. because it's like experiencing such so many lifetimes and stuff. So. And there's a lot, his last sleep, he knows that if he goes to sleep, he'll be like in there for a million years or something Gosh. like that. And he's like, and when yeah. it shows him waking up the next day, what he looks like is fucking something, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but, but he goes, yeah, he, and he has all these amazing short stories. Um, the actual yeah. the story of the article uh, this is from, the, the picture they've chosen um, is from my favourite story of his, actually. Yeah. It's... Um, uh, it's Basically, I can't remember what it's called. It's just called the something fault, as in like a place, like a mountain in Japan, like the, the, the something something fault. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, the the enigma- one with the holes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the holes in the mountain. Amigara fault. Yeah. So basically, a mountain splits open one day, like completely clean, open, mm. and in it are a whole bunch of just sil- uh, holes, like in the shape of people, and people yeah. are just drawn towards their hole. And basically yeah. you're just drawn to a, a certain hole. You take your clothes off, you step into it, and then you just go and you just get sucked in to it and you just disappear, you just go in. And that's what it's about. Like and then one and then like a year later, all these people go in, and then a year later another mountain on the other side of the earth opens up and there's yeah. all these giant elongated like like holes, and then you you see like this person coming from it like so from the other side of the world. So they've come all the way through, but because it's been slowly just getting longer over the time, they're all elongated and like going, and it's just like such a fucking weird idea. But he just goes to town with like these indulgent, weird fucking ideas. Great. Oh, it's his work is just phenomenal. And I mean, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of, um, uh, anime or manga, but (laughs) where do you work? (laughs) Shut up. Uh, but I, like he is the exception because his work is just it's flat out like just it's in, it's incredible like i love his work and it's it's really cool to sort of see i mean even now like um i think they released an anime um of his work of some of his short stories last year and it didn't do very well because it wasn't illustrated in his style yeah they're all shit um, his like like anything that's apart from his stuff any everything that everyone's done is crap yeah there's but- been um movie versions of uh, Uzumaki and I think they did Tomi as well, but that they didn't do very well. Um, but nah. there is, I think, cartoon, not cartoon. Wait, no, Adult Swim. Adult Swim are doing Uzumaki, and it it's his work. It's his yeah. It looks spot animation. on as well. It's got like the uh, the trailer. Have you seen? It has like this like like discombobulated jazz to it. It's like that's perfect. I'm I'm super excited. I think it's coming out. Is it this year or is it next year? I'm not sure, but yeah, you should put that. You should put that. uh, I will put that. I'm putting it. I'm writing it down. Write that down. Who's your market trailer? Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, sort of opens up like what the the possibilities of what they're going to do because this is going to be this is going to be intense horror. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, because like. You got you got Junji Ito doing these high concept indulgent ideas, but then you've got Kojima who plays the long story game, 
So together yeah. you might get this like you might we might get the best horror game in the entire world. Like and that's what right. I always thought that it. Silent Hills was going to be. Like Yeah. And um it's just unfortunate that like I kind of I yeah, he went and get, then he used Norman Reedus for uh uh, uh Death Stranding. But yeah. I I think that they, they, I mean, that, I, I mean, I want Silent Hills more than anything. I'm a massive fan of the Silent Hill franchise. I love the films. I like the games. I love everything about it. It never, I mean, not every game is as good as the last, but like just just yeah. the franchise in, in itself encapsulated. It's such a great, great thing. But the well, f- he's and he's got a name. That's the thing. He he's got a name. He is a brand himself. So he's. I think he can just do whatever the fuck he wants now. No one's gonna say anything. They were like, "You're a genius." Yeah, basically, the they've basically got the, they've got like they've, they've got like basically yeah, they've got like one of the most genius video game dudes with the most genius horror dudes ever to create a horror yep. game. Like that's pretty full on. Like, yep, I am. We're. I'm going to pay close attention to this because uh, whatever they do is going to be like the fucking tits. Yeah, <laughs> the fucking tits. Sure, it will be. I I do not disagree with you at all. And I like I've you know I'm not one for Kojima's games. They're not not for me. Um, basically, unless it's Doom and running around listening to heavy metal and fucking shit up, I I don't have the attention span for a low, long burn game. Um, but if Junji Ito is attached, then I will definitely be in for this. Don't get me wrong, Doom Eternal is my game of the year. Such a good game. Although, Such a good game. Although that samurai game is pretty good that I'm playing at the moment. Are you playing Ghosts of Tsushima? Yeah. Very good. I very see. nice. Very fun. Fun, easy now, game. Have you played this game before? Because I'm I'm hearing a lot of uh, you know, people are enjoying it. It's it's sold out everywhere. it's hard to get hold of. But apparently the fastest fastest selling PlayStation game ever. Yeah. Um, Which I, I found it, really weird. I just thought The Last of Us was going to take that, but same. Like, um, have you, have, well, I mean, everyone hated on that because you know we don't like things that we're not familiar with. But um, so. I've loved it. Uh, I I didn't think I was going to like it because I was mm. I, I was samuraied out. So I'd done like you know Sekira, Sekira uh, Shadows Die Twice. I'd done Neo. I'd done Neo Two. And they're all these like brutally hard games, and like I was kind of burnt out because of that on Samurais. Mm. But then this came in, and I'm just like, oh, it's just like every part of it's fun. Like yeah. every moment, like they've made everything that you have to do in a fun way. Anything that's like there's no there's no bullshit like Grand Theft Auto shit where you have to fucking send your mum an email or anything like that. Like you know, there's crap <laughs> stuff. It's not like Red Dead where you have to wash every part of your bloody body in the bath like separately. Sure, it's just it sounds boring. It's just fun, and without a doubt, it is the best-looking game I have ever seen in my life. There are shots in it, like just certain cool. t- certain certain places that you go to at certain times of day. I've never seen like uh, particle effects and backgrounds like that. It's just like beautiful. It's like you know, you've got like you got you're going up through a bamboo forest. It's nighttime. The moon is reflecting down through mist, which is all over the ground. So it's creating this like bright light everywhere every leaf is blowing around and every leaf like when it blows down it hits the ground and stays on the ground it's not just you know leaves that fall down and just disappear into the ground they actually are on the ground every leaf and shit like it's just out there so good like good looking beautiful game interesting 
Um, I still won't play it. <laughs> no, no, you just come over and watch me play it. But like, uh, well, that's all I have to do. Exactly. But yeah, like, pe- I'm, and I'm not saying it's the best game in the world and everyone should play it. I'm just saying it's the best game that I played in a very long time. Okay. Um, but I still don't find it as fun as Doom Eternal. <laughs> if you know what I mean. It's I, just, it's not you, know, a, you don't have to. Okay, there was a lot of thinking in Doom, and that there was a lot of frustration, some uh, almost controller throws. Um, but just it's needless violence and heavy metal. That's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I don't want to think about it. I just want to shoot some fucking shit. Yeah, okay. Oh, let's move on. What's, what's number two? Story okay. number two. So um, this one is over at Old Mate Bloody Disgusting. Oh, my. Oh, mate. Um, so it looks like kids will transform into their Halloween costumes on Disney, Disney Plus comedy Spooked. Spooked. Um, yeah, so Disney Plus are developing a new series called Spooked, and it sounds a little like the Goosebumps story, The Haunted Mask. Um, mm. Or Halloween again, 3. Or Halloween 3. Um, so the storyline involves a Halloween night gone awry as trick-or-treaters are transformed into whatever costume they are wearing. It's kind of cool. It I... is cool, but it's not an original concept that we've, you know, seen. Uh, we've, we're watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer at the moment. We're burning through this series. Um, and season two, episode six, called Halloween, and the exact same thing happens. Everyone turns into their Halloween costumes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, this is a so, so this is Disney Plus. This is a live action um, thing. It's not cartoon. Yep. Is that like, that's, that's kind of cool. I mean, did you like the? I really like that Goosebumps film. Did you like that with Jack Black? Yes. I was like, this is. Oh no, I haven't seen that one. I was like, this is great fun. TV series. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I um, I I I I was sitting down. I was like, this is gonna be stupid, but I I really enjoyed it. And I've never read a Goosebumps book. I'm totally the wrong age group. Um, yeah, I missed it completely. You know, I was in like, I, by the time they were coming out, I was in like, you know, the, the arse end of high school. So it's not really my thing, but I appreciate yeah. them. Um, it's a hard, it's a hard gig horror in kids. It's just so yeah. many, um, like publishers as, uh, as a children's book illustrator and writer trying to get horror through is really hard. And, um, I, I just reckon like that, um, and Goosebumps, you know, showed that like kids want it, but like, it's just. Mm. Oh, for sure. A lot of publishers just don't want to touch it because, you know, it can scare kids and then you got a parent going, it scared my kid. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I mean I, I mean, I feel sorry for kids nowadays because they're still publishing Goosebumps, but they don't have the cool covers that the Goosebumps um, books used to have when I was a kid. Oh, no. And I was obsessed with these books when I was little. I think every few months they would release one. And I, my mum would take me to wherever it was and I would be able to buy it. And then I was that kid that had the first copy in school sitting there like, oh, I've got my new Goosebumps book. This is awesome. I thought you were um, the appropriate age group. Bracket. Yeah, I think I was. <laughs> I well, you're, just say a, I was still you're just sitting there in year 12 with your Goosebumps book? <laughs> yeah, I'm 35. I'll just take this uh, Goosebumps book, please. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I don't remember how old I was. I'd like to think I was still in primary school at the point. So I'm not some weird losery high school. No, every, it, they're young adult books. Everyone can enjoy whatever the hell they want. Do you have any favourite, like, kids horror films? I don't know if we've asked this before, haven't we? Like Monster um, House I really enjoyed. Yeah, Monster House was intense. Yeah, that was, was an intense book. It was really good. Um, I mean, we, we've obviously talked about witches a few times. That, yeah, that was 
there's a new graphic novel of that coming out soon. Really? Yeah, well, a cool artist as well. So as um, I think it's the first second book, which will make it really good. Like a great company okay. for kids. But um, yeah, I'm really sure. excited about that because re- rejuvenize it. I watched the Little yeah. Witches just recently. Oh, like, really? Yeah, just like the, the movie. Not really. Well, they were meant to because they've remade it with Anne Hathaway. Um, and I think it's been delayed until next year because of the COVID. Everything's oh. been delayed. We cannot have nice things. America, get your shit together so we can have nice things again. Um, well, Melbourne has to do that as well. So, <sighs> yeah, Melbourne, get your shit together so we can have nice things. I just want to go to the movies and watch some cool horror. Like, stop it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's true. There's not much happening anyway. at the moment, is there? No, I mean the cinemas are open. You can, I think they do play some interesting and a lot of old stuff at the moment. So I think uh, Tea Tree Plaza was screening Alien the other day. Oh, wish I'd have known that. I would have just uh, <laughs> can't come to work today. I've got to go see Alien on the got, big screen. Got to go see a man about an alien. Um, That's right. Yeah, I reckon. Um, yeah, our our local drive-ins opened up. I, I, we like the drive-in because uh, we can take our baby and no one gives a shit. You know what I mean? Like- That's fair. I hear that a lot. You can change him in the back, like, you know, because we've got a wagon. So if he does a poop, we can just, like, change him real easy. You don't miss out on anything. You can just stick your head out there. Like, um, and our local drive-in, I don't know if I've talked about this before, it's got, like, a like a 1950s milk bar at the back kind of thing. So there's, like, really? hot dogs and milkshakes, and it's all set up like an old-school one. So this is, like, a whole night. You can just go there and have a whole night there, you know, have dinner yeah. before the movie. Like, everyone rocks up. All these dudes there were like in Sandman, like the Sandman Club, you know, those cars when they're all oh, painted. Yeah. They all, like, so gr- car groups go there and like park oh, before no. and that. And it's just a, a great vibe. Like, I've uh, never been to the drive in ever. Ever? Ever. And I used to work for Wallace Cinema and I've never been to the drive in. Well, next time we go, you can come, you and, uh, you and Liz can just drive and park next to us. Like, that sounds good. And we can. Um, I was really hoping that we would see um, so Evil Dead in America. Uh, they're doing Evil Dead on the at the drive-in throughout America. Grindhouse releasing are doing a thing. But old Evil Dead, really? Yeah, yeah, the original Evil Dead. Um, so I was really hoping we'd see something here, but no go. Hmm, it's a bit unfortunate. Well, I mean, I mean, that would be sick on fucking drive-in. Well, the uh, the it's weird because I don't know how they do it now because you don't need reels anymore. They just like. You know, they're all just digital files. It's all digital, yeah. Um, so I'm wondering, because my mate works for a cinema and he talks about it. Like, you have to get, like, licensing. Like, you get, like, how many plays you can play a file and then it just dis- it deletes itself. Oh, that's or interesting. Or something like that, yeah. Don't quote um, me on I, that, but I'm pretty sure that's what he said. <laughs> I'll quote you on that. That's fine. Um, yeah, because the cinema down my way, so I live uh, close to Gola, um, there is a cinema down here and I love it. It's basically, it's a very 80s style cinema. So it's like the cinema that time forgot <laughs> and they're still closed. And I just really want them to open because obviously I want to support a local business and I love that cinema yeah. and they're still closed. So, Oh, that person yeah. I was talking about is actually Adam Gillespie. He, uh, he, he does a lot of commenting on our Facebook. Oh, thanks Adam. Yeah. I appreciate everyone that comments on our stuff. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Anyhow, More people we... interact. I think. Is that the end of the news? We only had two? That, that is the end of the news, yes. We talked about this thing that Disney are creating. They're creating a thing. It's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting. It's, it's not been done. It's been done before, but it's Disney Plus. So I think it's going to be a solid production. Well, Disney Plus are doing like what Netflix does, don't they? They just kind of get stuff, acquire it, and put their name on it, like Hamilton. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Like, I'm pretty sure that wasn't originally a Disney production, was it? I don't think so, no. Yeah. So we have to work out what are we going to watch next week for homework. Mm. Interesting. Can you you think of anything good? What kind of, like, vibes have we been getting? Hmm, Let's look at our list. I think think someone's got the munchies. Oh, dear. What about you? Yeah, this could be a bloody stinker, eh? That's what I love about it. All right. Munchies it is. <laughs> munchies. So if people don't know what munchies is, let me um just quickly look it up for you so we can tell you a little bit more about it in case you wanted to watch it with us. Um, I think it's streaming on Tubi as well. Is it? I think so. Let, actually, while you're looking it up, I'm going to look it. it. It's 1987. Um, what I really liked about this movie as a, chi- as a young, uh, you know, a, a tween was the cover. It's got like... A little mo- monstery, kind of a cross between gremlins and ghoulies or whatever. He's looking up a girl's skirt. He's got he's got like a pair of Nikes on. He's got a beer and a cigar. <laughs> Makes no sense. And um, yeah, it's called Munchies. It's basically a, a Critters Gremlin ripoff, Ghoulies ripoff. Nineteen eighty-seven, yeah. directed by a lady, Tina Hirsch. Oh. oh. Who, from what it looks like here, it's her only film. Even better. Yes, please. <laughs> like, there's nothing else in her whole thing. Oh, wait up. Um, it is not streaming on Tubi, but I did find Squirm. Squirm? Squirm. Um, okay, so Munchies. That, that's what we're doing. We'll get it. Right. It'll be an easy one. I love it. Um, so we have been um, Terravision Horror Podcast. I forgot the name of our podcast then. Um, we're podcasting, we have, we, um, are a podcast on all, uh, podcasting streaming services. So please go over to SoundCloud, to Stitcher, to Spotify, to iTunes, to iHeartRadio, to everything like that. We're on them all. Um, if you like what you've heard today, please leave us like, you know, a star or a thumbs up or a comment, or maybe follow us or subscribe to us over on YouTube. Um, also follow us on Instagram at television.pod. No, television pod at television pod. Yes. Um, a little bit of um, personal housekeeping. Um, I have a also. If you like, you want to hear more about video games and video games I've been playing. I'm part of a YouTube um, video game channel called Hack the Dino um, Gaming. We do like a news program on video games. We do let's plays and all stuff like that. So if that floats your boat, or you want to see my carry on review, which will be live on Friday. Um, go over there. We also do it live as well. So our show is live and live edited. So you can like, join in the chat and have your little say in there and stuff like that. That's uh, on Twitch and live on YouTube and Twitch. So go over there and check that out. We've also started doing D&D, which is kind of cool. Um, and that's that it. Cool. That's it for me. And go to Greenlight yeah. Comics in Adelaide and buy comics. from. That's my comic shop. Um, do it. Buy a bunch of ginger yeast. Oh. Um, I don't have any housekeeping. Um, I just a thank you to everyone who is over on our Facebook page interacting with us. Um, it's it's really cool to watch everyone sort of interact with each other and interact with us. So thank you and continue to do that. Also, coming up in October, there is a toy fair. Oh, oh, really? And yes. I don't know, man. I reckon. You don't know? Yeah, I it, reckon by the time October comes around, like we're we're basically. We're, we're right next to a state which has just had the worst COVID explosion and our state is just barely scraping together, not getting an outbreak. But I reckon by that time we'll be full-fledged again. 
But that's true. Fingers crossed. But just a bit of an earworm, you know, just Toy Fair, October. Think about it. If you like horror toys. Yes, there will be a, tra- a trailer trash review stall there. Yeah, there will be. Selling horror toys and puzzles and games and oh. all the cool things. You could do a um you could do two stalls and do a Terravision stall. It has no relevance to anything. Just sit we could there. Do a meet and greet. Yeah, just sit there and just like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello. Yeah. Handing out stickers. Like, that's actually a pretty good idea. We should get a banner and a poster made up and just stick it up. Anyhow, so that's yeah. it for today. So, yeah. uh, all right. And until next week, may all your dreams be nightmares. Yeah.